I'm Alice Arnold. Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. And in this episode, I'm talking to Hugh Maynard. And if you are a musical theatre fan, then why not listen to some of the other episodes in the series? Well, in the studio with me, I have got Hugh Maynard sitting opposite me. More exciting than anything, we're going to chat to Hugh about his musical theatre career in a minute, but he has bought cakes. He's bought candied orange cake. This is one I need to try and make. Mm -hmm. Um, It says it's a moist orange zest sponge with ground almonds infused with a blood orange syrup topped with candy orange. It looks absolutely delicious. Meanwhile, I've been to the cupcake shop. Wow. As I always do when I interview somebody. And here we have actually a bit of a theme. How because cool. those are orange, you can choose, but you can't have all of them. Okay. There's that's orange, chocolate orange. Love it. And that's cookies and cream. Wow. So you can take your choice and either eat it during the inter- interview or save it. There are four for, fun-sized. They're they're tiny cupcakes. <laughs> they're a bite. I'll you. leave you two. It's one bite. <laughs> all right. You, will, you, will you take one of each? I'm only then? joking. No, I'll no. go for a little an You're orange. Going for a little please. orange one. Lovely. Okay. Thank you. Right. Very nice. Good. Well, that's got the cake bit out of the way. Well, I know I should introduce you, Hugh. Um, well, you're here because you're going to tell us about an amazing project that you've got coming up at the end of the year. But be- before we hear about that, we we'll just say a bit about what you've done. So you trained at ALRA and at Arts right. Ed. Yes. Uh, Arts Educational, which give it its full name. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber picked you out from there. He and did. spotted you and said, come and join the, the cast of Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, that must have been an amazing moment, wasn't it? Um, it well, looking back, it was amazing. But at the time, I was very... Um, well, I didn't know anything much at all, really. Um, I'd moved uh, to London from Devon. And um, it was just a roller coaster. I had a great time at Aura and an amazing time at um, arts educational schools, literally from you know tap, ballet, modern jazz, contemporary. I'd never worked so hard in my life. And uh, to top it off, you know, to have... a uh, Mr. Weber himself come along and say he'd be great in this particular production was... Uh, so what show did he come and see you in? It was um, Fiddler on the Roof and the story behind that in brief is, is that one of the third years had lost his voice and so I was asked to play the constable and uh, I spoke to um, a friend of mine um, who had um, a Russian accent uh, had him read my lines that I was given and I literally learnt my lines through listening to this other guy's voice and um it was a great way kind of in a hurry within two days to kind of uh, put some homework in and kind of give the director what they needed you know for for this particular piece so you weren't even meant to be doing it no andrew lloyd Webber comes along and sees it and says i'll have a bit of that gives you a job that's i mean that's like a fairy tale isn't it really and since then of course you well you've done sweeney todd lion king follies and reading my list here we will rock you dancing in the streets sister act and miss saigon so out of all of those what would you say was your favorite part you've played so far gosh um i'm going to be biased and this may annoy a few people, but it would have to be Clopin, the brother of Esmeralda in Notre Dame de Paris. That's quite off the wall there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where was that? When was that? That was at the uh, Dominion Theatre many, many moons ago. Two, nine, no, 2002, 2003. Right. Don't quote Picked me. An I'm really bad one. with the years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but Tina Arena was in it. And um, so I was her half-brother. And uh, it was fantastic. Literally, um, 
I just stood there and sang my heart out. Uh, meanwhile, there were dancers behind depicting the story, and you know, just so animated uh, tumblers, acrobats running up and down walls. Um, truly, was uh, that kind of um, French uh, art um, theatre piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and my second best would have to be Miss Saigon playing John. Yeah. Because um, for me, I just love to sing Boy Doy. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful music from that. And you were the first black actor to play Sweeney Todd. I am, yes. Well, in the UK, I must add. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to not be right. correct, and, and, but yeah, certainly yeah, UK-based. So, yeah, very, very lucky. See, I was talking to Matt Henry um, recently. From Good friend of mine. Is yes, he? yes. And uh, we were talking about um, work for black actors, and he was just saying how much the situation had improved recently. That, yes. Have you found that, that there are more parts or people are seeing more parts for black actors not yes. necessarily have to be more parts, they just have to open their eyes a bit <laughs> yeah, and say, yes, a black actor could play that part. Do you think the situation's got better? I feel that the situation is improving and I hear, you know, the words of Idris Elba and, um, you know, just making sure there are platforms for all arts, you know, all artists, you know, not just... Um, uh, how do I say this? You know, ethnic min- minorities. Um, f- for example, I wouldn't want to see a piece played by <laughs> a black artist just for the sake of putting a black artist in that role. They have to be right for the piece. Mm. Um, with Sweeney Todd, honestly, I was so, so fortunate. I, I really went to the audition thinking that I'm there to um, f- for the uh, producer to tick off the box. That often happens, mm-hmm. you know, um, School of Rock was the one preceding that, and it said in the brief, uh, Nicholas Lindhurst-type character. I even brought it up in the audition, and I just got smiles back, like uncomfortable smiles, but it happens, unfortunately. But uh, now that people are aware, I'm sure it will improve. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you also were a member of the group's Tenors of Rock, and you yes. performed at the 2012 Olympics concert. That's right. Tell that's us about right. that, 2012. We all love talking about 2012, so let's talk about 2012, because <laughs> it was a brilliant time for everybody. London was beautiful, it was, so welcoming. It was, you know, loved it. The underground was manageable, yeah. you know, the air was cleaner. No, really, um, it was fantastic, and it was great to uh, be part of the uh, 2012 Olympic Games Um performance-wise as an artist, and uh, to sing in front of over 70,000 people in Hyde Park. It's not even a dream come true. It's, it's fantasy. You possibly can only see about 30,000, and the rest are just kind of like cartoon heads, you know. Um, but to hear people singing along, um, we, we were actually what supporting... Oh, gosh, we were singing rock anthems. You know, God gave rock and roll to you, um, living on a prayer... Desperado, you know, the yeah. Eagles. Um, but we were support, uh, supporting McFly. So, um, as you can imagine, the crowd was loud. <laughs> but every time you mentioned McFly, <laughs> they went crazy, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic. Oh, amazing. And then you released your first solo album a couple of years ago. That's right. And do you, how do you feel about the recording process as opposed to singing live? It sounds like you love singing live. <sighs> For me, it was difficult because I planned to get the album out before Miss Saigon. In fact, I didn't know I was doing Miss Saigon when I started the album. And the album came about 
by family and friends saying, you know, you, you should have something out there, you know, something tangible so people can kind of put it in their cars or, uh, you know, on their stereos, you know, download from the internet. And um, so 10 years later, you know, after a bit of badgering, I finally did it. But unfortunately for me, it was at the same time as Miss Saigon. So literally, I get off stage, I go to a, a studio on Dean Street, um, about, yeah, I finished work at about 10.30. By 10, by 10 to 11, I was, I was singing tracks on the album. At night? At night. And that would be the same on a, on a Thursday and a Saturday, you know, on a two-day show as well. In fact, the album launch was on uh, a Thursday after two shows. So before, <laughs> before going to work, um, I went to um, a venue in Leicester Square and um, they gave me the space for free, which is fantastic and it's really kind of bijou, really, really intimate. Uh, in between shows, sound check, after the show, lift off. So um, looking back, it was hard work. Uh, something I wouldn't want to do again. <laughs> well, maybe not like that. Not maybe like do it that. when you're not in the show. <laughs> Definitely. Would, yeah. um, but I did enjoy the creative process and being in the studio. But for me, the, the timing was just not the best, but, uh, but I loved it. You know? And it's weird now listening back because I'm, I'm the kind of person that finds it difficult to hear myself. Um, even if I have a like, voicemail... <laughs> <laughs> like, do I sound like that? Um, so having a whole album of me was a bit difficult, but uh, I've slowly gotten used to myself. Right. Well, it's about time you did, I think, <laughs> you. Um, I want to go back to your childhood, because you you had a pretty interesting background, I would say interesting, mm -hmm. um, possibly yes. tough. But So you were brought up in foster care. Yes. Um, and that means quite a lot to you because you, you talk about those experiences, don't you, to sort of help other people who have been I, in similar situations. I do. Uh, I feel it's important, um, not just because it's my background, but because there are so many people that are going through similar situations that are in the care system. And it's about letting them know that if you work hard enough, if you're dedicated, um, that you can succeed. Um, there's a, a mentality almost that if you've had a, a rough or a bad upbringing, you can, uh, they, other people tolerate bad or rough behaviours, you know, mm -hmm. or inappropriate behaviours, uh, maybe not inappropriate, but certainly, um, certainly antisocial behaviours. And they say, oh, you know, well, so-and-so was, uh, this happened when they were growing up, and people go, oh, that's okay then. Actually, it's not okay. Um, I decided at a young age that if I ever met my birth mom, I wanted to make her proud. And so that instilled in me a sense of working hard, being diligent, being committed to whatever it was that I put myself to. Uh, but that also led to problems because then I was a good runner, I was a good swimmer. All right. Could have <laughs> been know. in the Olympics, see? Could, have been, could have been competing. <laughs> Firing the starter pistol, perhaps. <laughs> you know. um, but it, it led to me being rather better than average at most things. You know, I'm not bragging, but, you know, I, I was very much dedicated. And um, I didn't start singing until pretty much 18 or 19 years old. I sang at school on the last day of assembly. Uh, but up until then, I played, in, you know, a trumpet. I had a trumpet in my mouth, so mm -hmm. therefore I couldn't sing unless I was, you know, Louis Armstrong. But um, it's about letting... Um, the children and young adults know that, well, you know, 
that you are normal, that you do fit in, that we are the same. And without um, having, I guess, a figurehead or for someone for them to look up to or someone that they can relate to, I feel it's easy to or easier to get lost if you had such a troubled uh, background. Yeah. So it's well, really you're important providing a role model for them to, to look at and Definitely, go, yeah, yeah, actually, it's okay, I can do... Have you ever met your birth parents? I have. I uh, didn't go down too well, but okay. I have, yes. Yeah. Right. But I'm still driven, still right. focused. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and are you still in touch with your foster parents? I am, um, but not the f- people that fostered me when I moved to Devon. I'm with a, another family now. I've been fostered many, many times, okay. more than six times, actually, before I was eight years old. And that didn't stop. So uh, it's been quite a, a roller coaster. But do you feel a bit rootless? Or, well, actually, Little Bird told me you are going to be forming some very strong roots <laughs> shortly. Um, I have felt unrooted for a long time. Um, the word I use is a, a late developer. Right. Um, but I'm getting married in July to a, a lovely lady called Maria Laura Filippetti, who's a, a doctor. Um, a neuroscientist. Oh, you've got someone to keep you I know, well, right? well grounded. <laughs> that you're marrying somebody sensible. I think I'm well a test done. subject, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, a lovely Italian lady. And um, so I'm off to Italy in July to get married. But lots of luck with that. All right, let's get on to what you're doing this winter, which is you're going to go on a, on a massive UK <laughs> stadium tour in a brand new musical called heaven on earth and you're playing a fairly crucial character shall we say you're playing adam <laughs> playing as adam. in adam and eve that's right yeah. yes um this is a brand new show do, what do you know about it so far not a lot um i don't even know what i'm wearing i would be wearing something you know i hope so a fig leaf at least a fig leaf <laughs> i think in a bonsai tree actually um <laughs> But uh, my co-star, Carrie Ellis, uh, will also be wearing something as well. Um, but we don't know as yet. There's going to be so much technology involved. In fact, new technologies that have not yet been used on stage. I'm meeting up with the uh, director, Racky Plews, in two weeks' time. And we're going to talk further about um, the character, about the piece, the staging. How and do you play Adam? Who, who is Adam? <laughs> who is Adam? It's such a great question. And it's a question I'm getting a lot recently, you know. Um, <laughs> What made you want to play the part of Adam, you know? <laughs> who doesn't want to be the first man on the planet, you know, or woman on the planet, you know, person? Um, it's the unknown. And if you're an actor, it's, that is what you enjoy about um, what, what we do, or certainly my, myself. I, I enjoy the discovery of character, and so with Adam. Well, you can create... <laughs> it's limitless. Ad- it is. I was going to say, you can absolutely yes. create this one because yes. no one's going to say, well, Adam that shouldn't wasn't be right. like that. That wasn't Kurt <laughs> Douglas, you know. <laughs> yeah. And have you heard any of the music yet? or? Uh, well, snippets? Russell Watson and I sang a song at the, the media launch, which we'd learnt about two days earlier. Mm-hmm. So they're keeping everything uh, tight-lipped at the moment. So um, it's a... well. I know that you know the orchestrations are going to be amazing. Um, I think I can tell you that during the piece, there will be um, the, the plants, for example, the flowers will be blooming or, and growing on stage. Is this part of the technology? The part that, of the technology, yeah. yes. Yeah. And and your, Carrie Ellis is is your co-star. That's right. Have you worked with Carrie Ellis? Before? I have. Yes, a couple of times. We oh, did right. Miss Saigon mm-hmm. uh, many moons ago. And we were Rocky at the Dominion Theatre. Okay, so yeah. you're good chums. We certainly are. And then are, Russell yeah. Watson appears as a 
Is a hologram or something? Or um, what's, what's that bit about? <laughs> Maybe a hologram through the waterfall. Mm. But it'll be the voice of uh, Russell Watson. So he'll be uh, the voice of God, a big boomy voice. Okay, so he's arena. got to work on that character, definitely, obviously. Definitely. Um, and is there a big chorus and lots of other people? I or? think it's going to be pretty huge. Um, again, I don't know numbers, but it's over 30 people uh, with a, you know an orchestra as well. So, yeah, all I can say is it's going to be... <laughs> Extra, it's going to be extravagant, huge. you know. Yeah, really. Yeah, and when do, it starts, it starts in December or something. Well, like I say, I'm meeting up with the director in two weeks' time. I yeah. think company-wise, we'll all meet up in September, and um, the, or the public will get to see our first show in Birmingham in December. So we have three months, well, just over three months of uh, of rehearsals. Oh, that's quite a long time. It actually. is a long time, yeah. but again, because it's a new piece, um, it's going to be very much a, an organic process and uh, there'll be lots of things for example when you when you create a piece it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if uh, scenes get cut songs get cut yeah you know, there'll be about, changes along the yeah, way yeah so that's up to our kind of director and choreographer Racky Plews I'm going to leave that side to her and just give her everything I've got you know mm-hmm. yeah and accept the changes <laughs> yes accept, okay, that's fine I just learnt all that and now you want to cut it <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> fine um, do you have a favourite song from a show that you would like to sing that you haven't done yet? Oh, my goodness. Well, I have been spoiled as of late because two weeks ago I was in St Albans and I sang Gethsemane from Jesus Christ Superstar. So having okay. played Ju- Judas, I, I was not yet able to play Jesus. But being able to sing that one song, which goes on for about seven minutes... Yes. <sighs> I don't think I could play Jesus. We, we had a magic of musicals. It is, it is a long night. It is a long night. It really is. It um, really is. Uh, what else? Oh, I know. Yes, the, 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 talking about all these effects, you talked about a waterfall in this show and then animatronics, it says, and fire. I just wanted to know, do you think you're going to be safe? I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't know what I could and couldn't say. Right, well, that, no, it does say... It does, they have revealed... That there is yes. fire, yes. water, and animatronics. There'll be fire, water, animatronics, and flying. Ah, that that clearly I wasn't. I have to say that was I. No. Oh no. No. Are you, are you flying? I'm not flying. Who's flying? God. God <laughs> May, flying. Maybe Russell. Animals flying. Yeah, maybe Russell will fly in and fly out, and the, the serpent perhaps. But it's big stadium. Are they, fl- I mean, flying on. Ropes or flying? Oh, yeah, flying on, on ropes, yeah, not, not, not literally. Not jet no, things or no, any, not that kind that of technology. Stuff. I don't think it, it would be found in the like, audience. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and how long are you doing it for? You could um, do a tour of it's stadiums. It's up until May 2018. Oh, okay. Yes, it may extend, it may not, but we'll see how it's received. Well, of course, if you have an accident, you're marrying a doctor, so it'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You just <laughs> if it's a head injury, that is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that her speciality? Is yeah, head if I get injuries? hit in the head by an apple, oh, well, then that's probably the okay. most likely thing to happen. Or you get dropped on your head Definitely. while you're flying, and you just go, "Look, don't worry, just call my wife; she'll sort it out." Now, if for more details on this extravaganza, which is called Heaven on Earth, you can go to heavenonearththemusical.co.uk. And lots of luck with them flying fire, water and animatronics <laughs> in, when you start in Heaven on Earth beginning in December. Bless you. Thank you very much. That 
was the Musicals and Theatre podcast. And if you enjoyed that, then why not subscribe? It's absolutely free to our channel on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hear me every weekend morning from 6 till 10 on Mellow Magic. <laughs>